Welcome to Beltway Talk, the podcast of the American International Automobile Dealers Association, where we examine the intersection between politics and the automobile retail industry. I'm your host, Hannah Oliver. Today's episode of Beltway Talk is brought to you by AIADA affinity partner, Cox Automotive, transforming the way the world buys, sells, owns, and uses cars. Find out more at AIADA.org. We're joined today by Charlie Chesbrough, who is the Senior Economist and Senior Director of Industry Insights at Cox Automotive. He brings 25 years of experience as a researcher using data to identify industry trends and opportunities. His background includes time with IHS Automotive as well as Ford Motor Company, and we are very happy to have him here to talk about the trends he's seeing in the auto retail market this year, as well as what's ahead through the rest of 2019. Well, first of all, I just want to welcome you to the Beltway Talk podcast. Um, could you tell us a little bit, Charlie, about Cox Automotive and what it does on behalf of our industry? Uh, sure. Well, Cox Automotive is probably the, one of the biggest names in automotive that few retail buyers have heard of. Uh, we are a company that's heavily involved uh, in almost everything that uh, has to do with the industry after the vehicle is made and it leaves the factory. Uh, so we're heavily involved uh, with the retail side of the business. We provide products to dealers. Uh, we provide information and services to the manufacturers, uh, but we don't actually make uh, mm-hmm. any parts or uh, any products themselves. Okay. And um, what do you do yourself at Cox? Yeah, I'm a senior economist with Cox Automotive. And in my position, I uh, communicate often with a lot of our dealers and our clients out there about what we're seeing in the industry, uh, some of the key trends that they should be aware of. Uh, as well as talk to the media quite often uh, about what our perspective is at Cox Automotive in terms of what's really driving the new vehicle market, uh, as well as some of the key insights that we see in the used vehicle market as well. Okay, so, well, you're a great guest for us here at um, Beltway Talk. So let's talk just a little bit about some of the trends that you've been seeing in the auto retail industry. Um, So before we dive in, can you give us a quick overview of where the industry stands as it relates to what's happening in Washington, D.C. right now? Well, the uh, the industry is actually doing quite well. Uh, the vehicle market is looking very strong. Both new and used vehicle sales uh, are looking quite strong. Um, volumes are down just a little bit this year on the new side, but we have much higher price points. Uh, so the profitability for the manufacturers is probably a little bit more stable than it, uh, it might have been earlier uh, with a different mix of products, uh, more cars that they were selling. Uh, they're selling fewer cars now. Uh, and on the used vehicle side, we're seeing very, very strong demand. Uh, vehicle prices at auction uh, have been strong, uh, continue to be strong. And there's really just a tremendous amount of demand out there in the U.S. economy right now for personal transportation. So both on the used side and the new side of the vehicle market, uh, it's a hot market. Mm-hmm. And I would have to say it's probably in spite of what's going on in Washington rather than because <laughs> of what's going on in Washington. Uh, but certainly there have been some some changes that Washington has done that has uh, injected uh, a little bit of uh, fuel into the vehicle market. And um, uh, but there's a lot of uncertainty that Washington is injecting as well uh, through tariffs and some of the other things that they've been talking about. So it's a bit of a mixed bag in terms of Washington's contribution uh, to the overall vehicle <laughs> market. But at this point, we're seeing the consumer demand uh, and just folks that going out there uh, that are interested in vehicles still remains quite high. Um, really, I think a, a remarkable market when we're this late uh, in the business cycle. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned that volumes are down. Can you 
get into that just a little bit more for listeners and what's maybe what's driving that? Yeah, well, in, in the new vehicle market, uh, we're getting July sales numbers today, so we don't have all mm-hmm. of those in just yet, but it's looking about uh, essentially a flat market year over year, so nothing earth-shattering mm-hmm. uh, so far in July. Uh, but prior to that, the market was running down a little bit over 2% uh, year-to-date on the new vehicle market. But what's interesting underneath that is that the fleet side of the industry is actually up quite a bit. Uh, year-to-date, uh, through the first half of the year, it was up about 6%. Uh, and that's on growth of being up over 4% last year. So we're seeing tr- quite a bit of fleet activity. Uh, and on the other side of it, though, we're seeing the retail side of the business is actually down this year. So the retail side being consumers, folks like you and I going in and buying vehicles, uh, it's actually down a little bit this year. Uh, and that's uh, continuing the trend that we saw in 2018 when the retail side of the industry was down. So we're seeing a little bit of a change of who's actually buying these new vehicles, more fleet, uh, less retail, less uh, individual consumers. Um, so the market on the whole is down a little bit. But as I mentioned before, the, the mix of vehicles is many more crossovers uh, than we had uh, before, which was more cars as the industry is shifting away from passenger cars. And the vehicle prices, the MSRPs of these vehicles mm-hmm. is, continues to rise. Uh, and so the overall revenue coming into the industry remains quite strong, even though the volumes uh, are down just a little bit. Uh, but what's interesting is we, we do have some concerns that um, some changes in the marketplace mm-hmm. uh, may be permanent or at least something that, that could cause trouble for us over the near term. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we're seeing is, is that the, in the retail side of the business, as I mentioned, it was down. But it's actual retail purchasing. Uh, the folks who actually go out and buy a vehicle uh, is down quite a bit this year. Okay. And we look at retail leasing, it is also down, uh, but not as much as retail purchasing. So we think that there's some indication out there that affordability and the price of these higher vehicles is getting to be a, a challenge for many consumers in the new vehicle market. And so leasing uh, is a little bit more of an attractive option versus purchasing because in general, that monthly payment uh, is a little bit lower, so a little bit more affordable mm-hmm. for more people out there. Uh, but that's a trend that uh, is something to keep an eye on because certainly uh, we do need folks to be buying vehicles as well. Yeah, and and you know, these high price points may be, may be a bridge too far for many folks out there. So suffice it to say, there is an awful lot going on in the industry this summer. Um, and I think that leads well into the next question about dealer sentiment. I know Cox puts out its quarterly dealer sentiment index, and I think you guys just put out your latest one um, in June, I believe. Um, Could you share a little bit about the most recent report and the optimism levels you're noticing among dealers right now? Yeah, well, we we do look at uh, uh, the viewpoint uh, of the marketplace from dealers, and it's a bit of a mixed bag uh, Mm -hmm. from the new dealers, uh, the franchise dealers that are focused more on the new vehicle market. Their overall sentiment is actually down from a peak that we saw back in the first quarter of 2018. Uh, it still remains on the positive side, meaning they're still uh, optimistic uh, on the whole, uh, but it's definitely down from peaks that we had seen uh, about a year and a half prior. And one of the main concerns that we're hearing about from dealers is concern about the president's trade policies and whether he's going to go forward with a uh, threatened 25% tariff on European uh, and Japanese imports uh, of passenger vehicles and parts. Uh, that would be a huge negative for the industry and certainly would hit uh, the franchise dealers, uh, in particular the, the foreign automakers, uh, uh, quite 
quite uh, hard. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we see dealers are kind of rep, uh, saying that in their in their survey that they're a little bit concerned about that. Mm -hmm. uh, on the flip side, though, the used vehicle market uh, and those dealers who are more focused on the used side, uh, we've actually seen that their outlook has ticked up the last couple of okay. quarters. That they're actually getting more optimistic. And really, that's not surprising, given the strength that we're seeing in the used vehicle market. Uh, not only are we seeing strong uh, prices at auction, as there's just a tremendous amount of demand uh, for used vehicles, uh, but the mix of these vehicles is better than ever. You know that we're getting. Before we were seeing many, many passenger uh, vehicles. Some of some of the vehicles, the products that folks in the new vehicle market were less interested in were available in the used market. Uh, and so a lot of folks were gobbling up their passenger cars from the used market. But while a still sizable portion of what's going on in the used market, there's many more crossovers and pickup trucks uh, from leasing that was done back in 2016, 2017. Uh, those vehicles are coming off lease and are now uh, becoming available in the used market as well. And these are the products that consumers really want. Okay. Uh, and so we're seeing uh, this reflected in dealer sentiment that there's just strong demand out there. Uh, and we've already seen dealers themselves advertising uh, that if you've got a trade in, you know, bring it to me, mm -hmm. we're, we're dying for inventory. Yeah. So they're doing whatever they can. And, and that's one of the interesting things about having a, the hot economy that we have uh, is that many of the sources of inventory uh, at, uh, at the auction or to uh, the used vehicle market are, are a little bit constrained. Uh, we, uh, you know, repossessions are up a little bit, but in general, they're, they're, they still remain manageable. So because it's a strong economy, uh, there's not a lot of repossessions that are flooding the market, uh, providing uh, inventory that way. Uh, because uh, there's such strong demand for used vehicles, many dealers don't have to turn uh, these products back to, to auction. Uh, they can just sell them right there on the dealer lot when somebody brings a trade in. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of uh, impacting that. And of course, we have the, the Great Recession from 2008, 2009. Uh, we had a, a, a because we sold so few new vehicles at that point in time. Mm -hmm. There's just not a lot of used 10-year-old vehicles yeah. out in the marketplace today. So there's a real limited supply uh, of these older type vehicles. Uh, and so that's helping to elevate prices as well because uh, folks that would normally buy a 10-year-old vehicle are being forced to look for something newer because that's all that's available out there. Okay. Well, that's quite a bit, uh, quite a bit going on with the dealer side of things. Um, I'm kind of going to return back to the fleet versus retail sales that you that you discussed just a couple minutes ago. Um, I know just kind of looking at it from the viewpoint of what's happening here in Washington. What are you seeing from the fleet versus retail sales and how is it being impacted by recent tax reform? Yeah, and that's a good question. Um, we think that one of the reasons that we're seeing such strong fleet again in 2019, as we saw in 2018, is that in the tax reform bill that was passed in December of 2017, they made some mm -hmm. substantial changes to uh, depreciation allowances on business use vehicles. Uh, now, that sounds like a mouthful, uh, and I'm no <laughs> corporate tax accountant. But in general, what it means is that for folks who are using their vehicle, be it a new vehicle or a used vehicle, for business purposes, they can de deduct uh, depreciation on that vehicle uh, much more rapidly okay. or much greater numbers uh, than what they were allowed to do before. So economically speaking, there are now greater or advantages to fleet uh, 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 types of activity 
uh, they're more advantageous than it was before tax reform. So we think this is having a contributing factor uh, for the mom and pop okay. delivery companies out there that have, you know, vans that, mm-hmm. that want to upgrade. Uh, well, the last couple of years, uh, you know, folks have been doing that uh, because of uh, advantages that now exist within tax reform, uh, as well as the rental fleet market itself, which uh, was down a little bit back in uh, 2017, uh, it's it starting to get back into it again. We think that tax reform also uh, impacted their own numbers uh, and made it a little bit more advantageous to uh, get back into fleet activity. So this tax law, we think, mm-hmm. is going to have a, a, a boost to the market and certainly fleet activity for the next couple of years. Uh, I believe the uh, the uh, the tax change will expire at the end of 2023, I believe it is, or 2022. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there will be a point at which this will go away, uh, but it may be extended. I mean, who knows uh, when that's down the road. But in terms of the, the influence it's having today, it's certainly something uh, that we think is causing some injection into the overall demand in the marketplace. Um quickly turning to interest rates. Um, I know that interest rates were just lowered, I believe. Um, and I, I know you mentioned previously that they are a factor in industry activity. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Yeah, well, interest rates are an important part of the vehicle market. Uh, since the vast majority of folks are borrowing money uh, to, to to make payments on these vehicles or yeah. It's, it's allowing them to make payments on vehicles because they borrowed money elsewhere for other household needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the interest rates are important. And we've seen over the last couple of years that the Fed has been raising interest rates. And so those monthly payments have been drifting higher, not only because uh, of vehicle prices uh, you know, slowly rising and the new technology in these vehicles causing vehicle price inflation, but also underlying interest rates going up. And so it's adding $10, $20, $30 a month to that monthly payment just because of a higher interest rate uh, that folks need to borrow at. What the Fed did yesterday is actually cut interest rates because there's quite a bit of concern uh, that we're late in the business cycle, Mm -hmm. uh, that a recession may be just around the corner. Uh, So the Fed's trying to juice the economy just a little bit. uh, And so they cut interest rates a quarter point. Mm It would not. It's not going to have any kind of uh, earth-shattering implications for the vehicle market. In general, it takes months for interest rate increases or decreases to kind of trickle through the economy uh, and actually hit uh, many uh, borrowers out there in the marketplace. So it's not like anything's going to change uh, overnight. Uh, but it is a move in the in the right direction, at least to kind of alleviate some of the uh, the pressure that uh, vehicle buyers might be under. Okay. Um, but again, I, it's a uh, it's a very small move, uh, but it is something that that will help the vehicle market, at least in theory. Uh, but it'll take about three to six months to really kind of make an impact. Moving back to the tariff and trade issue, which I know you kind of really got discussed just a few minutes ago, but I want to circle back to it and just dealer sentiments in general. I think um, the most recent dealer sentiment index noted that 36% of dealers and over half of the surveyed franchise dealers expect tariffs to have a negative impact on their businesses if they are imposed. Um, what What is your main takeaway from these numbers and what do these numbers say about the state of the industry, overall U.S. auto industry right now? Well, uh, the one thing, I, one takeaway I would say is that dealers are uninformed uh, on this because 100% of their customers are going to be impacted if, <laughs> uh, if these tariffs go through. Uh, and so it, it is going to be a sweeping impact uh, for the industry if these tariffs go through. Uh, what the president's been proposing is uh, a 25% tariff on imported uh, parts and vehicles. 
uh, this is part of the 232 uh, uh, agreement uh, that I think he's going to be making an announcement. Uh, he was going to make an announcement in May, but he kicked it down the road to make an announcement in November. So we're kind of waiting until then. But the implications would be if he goes forward with this tariff, uh, other firms have done uh, some numbers on this, and it's estimated that the average vehicle price uh, is going to go up about four thousand um, dollars, and so that's too much money for most manufacturers to just kind of absorb that cost. Um, it's going to be uh, uh, you know, they can't make any you know their profits are just going to disappear if they absorb the entire thing. So monies those costs are going to get passed on to consumers um what'll be interesting to see is how manufacturers are going to deal with this yeah. they, will they just raise prices on the affected vehicles because some manufacturers import uh from germany and some in, and then they manufacture also vehicles in south carolina so yeah. some of their products would be subject to a tariff some of their products would not uh the the, the strategy for the oems is is going to be do we raise prices on just the affected vehicles or do we spread the additional cost across our entire portfolio so that we're not pricing certain vehicles just out of competition entirely? My guess is, is that they're going to do the latter, that they're going to have to spread the cost across the entire portfolio so that they can remain competitive. For domestic manufacturers, even though they, they may have few products that are going to be impacted by this, well, my competitor is raising their price by 20 25%. I can raise my prices by 10, 15 percent, mm-hmm. and I'm still cheaper than them. Uh, so even domestic manufacturers that may not be subject to the tariff are going to have uh, an incentive to actually raise their own prices because they can. And so uh, this is something that the industry is going to be uh, watching very closely. Uh, I think the the gut of most people in the industry at this point is the president's not going to do it. Um, I think he would get tremendous pushback from uh, dealership groups around this country, uh, and certainly the vehicle market's doing so well right now as it is, it's, it doesn't really seem necessary to inject any kind of a hiccup like this uh, to, to the market. So um, we're all kind of keeping our fingers crossed, but clearly there's going to be ramifications from this. And, and the manufacturers themselves are going to be impacted uh, substantially differently. About Almost one out of four, one out of five maybe vehicles uh, in the United States uh, are imported from outside of the North American region. So, uh, you know, it is a large segment of, of, the, of the market, uh, particularly luxury vehicles coming over from Germany and Japan uh, that would be subject to this tax. So that's, uh, you know, that's something we're all watching closely. Yeah. And I mean, also not to mention that the parts are impacted, you know, pretty much virtually every vehicle, even if it's built in the U.S., has imported parts somewhere in it so that kind of also would factor in as well correct that's right that's right and we've already and we've already kind of gone through this back when we did the steel tariffs Mm -hmm. uh, i guess about two years ago now um we it's hard to attribute exactly what the steel tariff itself uh, added to the price of a vehicle but in general it's thought of anywhere from two to three hundred dollars uh so almost a one percentage point if you will to the average price of a vehicle um and clearly, these kind of tariffs are only going to just add to this inflationary problem that we have in the market already. Yeah. Um, now, how long have you all been monitoring dealer attitudes towards the tariff and trade issue? And how did the, these numbers stack up against past reports? Uh, well, we've been doing the dealer sentiment index for about two years now. Okay. And uh, as I mentioned before, the, the, the new vehicle market uh, uh, dealers 
saw their sentiment actually peak uh, back right around the first quarter of 2018. Uh, after we essentially right after we finished our you know our, another record year, a very strong year in the market. Um, while the uh, the used side of the industry is actually at their peak now, um, so or very close to it, it's kind of it's kind of in the same ballpark. But um, there there has been this dichotomy where the new market uh, was actually experiencing things very very positively back uh, at the beginning of 2018. But as we've seen, the retail side of the industry on the new vehicle side tick down in 2018, and in retail, as I mentioned before, ticking down this year. That's making uh, dealer sentiment, uh, you know, a little bit under threat. That the, the market's not quite as strong for them. Yet on the used side, because of this affordability mm-hmm. issue, uh, and people looking for affordable transportation out there, uh, we're seeing that the, the used dealers are actually looking quite strong. Well, I think you kind of uh, touched on my final question, which was, what do you think we can expect from the auto retail industry through the rest of 2019? Um, I know there's a lot of wild cards at this point in the game. Do you care to make any other predictions? On things well really just uh, i think it's important to get the message across that uh the vehicle market looks very strong right now it's hard to see anything at this point that's gonna that's gonna knock us off our mm-hmm. perch uh our own expectation is is we're gonna see sales creep down a little bit but we don't see any kind of collapse in the marketplace uh, i know uh a lot of folks are concerned that a recession uh, could be coming around the corner sometime in 2020 uh, I think it's very possible that we may see a bit of a downturn in the economy, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean the vehicle market collapses. Okay. Uh, certainly in 2008, 2009, it did, uh, but that was due in part because of the type of recession and the severity of the recession that we had, uh, that we saw a big decline uh, in credit availability, which really choked off uh, vehicle buying uh, activity. But we also had a recession in 2000, 2001. Uh, which was a rather mild uh, recession, and vehicle sales actually hit an all-time record uh, during that period mm-hmm. uh, for back then. 17.3 million, I think we hit back then. So, um, you know, recession is something that we're concerned about, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the vehicle market is going to collapse because of it. Uh, it's just going to be the, a greater headwind that we're going to be dealing with. Uh, but still, uh, it, it looks like the vehicle market should remain strong through the remainder of the year. Okay, well. Good to know. Is there anything that you would like to add that we didn't get to during our discussion today, Charlie? No, I think that's about it. I, I think uh, I, would, I would say stay optimistic because it's still looking pretty good up there. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for joining us on Beltway Talk today. All right. Thank you. And that concludes this episode of Beltway Talk. Thanks once again to Charlie for joining us here in the studio. And to you, the listeners, we are always looking for fresh topics, so feel free to drop us a line and let us know of any suggestions you have. I can be reached at oliverh at aiada.org. Thanks so much for listening in, and join us again next time for Beltway Talk.